What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling With Issues podcast here, and welcome to episode 204 of the YLP podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Tuesday evening, and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always... I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you don't know what you're hearing in the background, it is from, of course, Jake One and a song called The Truth by Freeway featuring Brother Ali, one of my favorite rap songs that I've ever listened to, period, in my life. Um, just, you know, just a very, very dope song. And of course, as the song goes, the truth is so plain to see. And y'all know every single time. You are listening to an episode of the YLP Podcast. I drop nothing but the truth for y'all. Try to keep it 100 with y'all every single episode. And today, y'all know it's a time for another installment of last week. This week, where I discuss last week's episode of NXT. And then get you primed and ready for tomorrow night's episode of the Black and Gold brand. I'm just feeling this joint real quick. I'm just gonna turn it up a little bit for y'all. I just want to. I want you to feel it with me. Mm. If you in your car and you hear this shit, it's fire. But let me turn this down and let's get to uh, let's get down to business. Oh, again, I hope you guys are enjoying your day. Um, of course, we are in these quarantine times. I know a lot of y'all, most of y'all. Who are listening to this episode? Some of you are actually in the state that is reopening, and I encourage you to get out. You know, take a walk around, enjoy the town, all that stuff. If you're still in a state where there is quarantines, please do stay safe. Um, all that good stuff. You know, I ain't got to tell you anything different. But I'm just feeling this oh, this beat so hard. All right, all right. Now that we got that out of the way. Again, thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. Really appreciate y'all taking time out of your day to come through, have a seat at the table, and let's discuss last week's episode of NXT. Last week's episode of NXT had a lot of good things that came out of this. Um, Of course, we had two big title matches last week in the form of uh, Charlotte Flair defending the NXT Women's Championship against Io Shirai. And, of course, the main event, Adam Cole defending his NXT championship against the Velveteen Dream in a match that had a lot of lead-up to it going over the past several weeks. And I've discussed this at length if you want to check out my old uh, older episodes and my thoughts and how I thought everything was set up with the way that Dream had pretty much used Roderick Strong as a means to get Adam Cole trapped inside the steel cage. And attack him from uh, attack him in said cage to begin the real road to his shot at the NXT Championship. Very smart move on his part, may I add. Um, but that's not the most important thing we need to discuss on this week's episode of last week. This week, the most important thing we need to get into is that last week was the debut 
well, in-ring debut, I should say, of Karrion Cross, and of course, his lady, Miss Scarlet. And I now y'all know, y'all usually know that when it comes to watching NXT episodes, I usually like to watch day of recording. So that way, when I record, it's mostly fresh in my mind. I don't have to really go back, go back, check out anything. I do a day of. And for the reason is that, you know, I could watch it over the weekend and it's not an issue. I could have all my notes ready, but I'd rather have it fresh in my mind. So that way, when I talk to you guys about it, you know, I can just let it flow. I can just, you know, let it, let it just keep it going. There's not much, you know, having to just look at paper and make sure I got everything noted off. I kind of like to flow with it. I don't like, I mean, I'm not a person who likes to take notes. I'm, I'm that person. I just like to see it, watch it, and then just take from memory what I saw. It's kind of a weird thing. Um, but that being said, Karrion Cross was a name when he first got signed to NXT. A lot of people were really, this was like a big free agent. Um, say in the NFL or something like that, that teams were trying to vie for. A lot of people were speculating he may go to AEW, he may go to WWE, and that was kind of the bidding war with that. Um, the reason I felt he was going to go to NXT was the simple fact that Scarlett was already signed with NXT with WWE and was pretty much in NXT. She was featured a little bit, um, you know, throughout certain uh i think i think if i remember the first time they actually featured her was in um towards the survivor series build of last year when they had the attack on um the nxt women's roster and to come to find out it was actually bailey was the one attacking um and other of course other super uh, main roster superstars uh, attacking the nxt women's roster she was featured there so I kind of think that, you know, with Scarlett being there, Cross was able to be a little bit more comfortable knowing that his lady was already there with him. And it was just a pretty much a no-brainer at that point. When he did sign with WWE, it sent shockwaves throughout because now, me personally, with Karrion, I didn't know much about him. When it comes to certain talents, I don't watch the indies as much as I'm sure you may. You may. You might watch indies more than I do. And honestly, that's a good thing because then we can pass information along. We can share and compare notes. You know, I've seen videos of Cross. Um, I know he was in MLW at some point. I believe he had a match with uh, Filthy Tim Lawler um, in MLW. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see it because I was dead tired that night. I, w- I really wanted to see it, though. But. Cross was definitely a blue chip prospect coming into NXT. A lot of people were heralding him as as someone who was going to be a big fucking deal. And they started featuring him towards the end of the Gargano Champa feud. And we saw that at the end of the Gargano Champa matchup, the one the last the one final beat matchup, um we saw Gargano and Larray leaving the building that uh, Triple H had them in in the matchup. And then we saw Cross and Scarlet in the car watching them leave. Now, that led to me speculating that maybe he was going after Gargano. I was wrong. See, politicians, see how easy it is to just let the people know that you're wrong about something? I digress. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, you check the news and you'll see how much they lie to you. But anyway... We don't talk politics on this show. We talk professional wrestling and the politics of professional wrestling. And that's that's a whole different animal in and of itself. 
Um, don't mind me. I'm just, you know, appreciating the fact that I actually shaved today. Today, today was today was one of those days where I was just like, I thought to myself, I'm like, self, you need to make sure you take care of yourself. You got to groom, man. You you getting quarantined facial hair. We ain't got time for that. We got to look our best at all times, even if it's just, you know, you listening to me from the podcast. I mean, like, you ever like shave, like fellas, you ever like get that shave and you just want to feel on your face a little bit because your skin feels baby soft and whatnot. That's kind of what I'm feeling right now. Like I'll shave my head. And I feel good about that. Like, I got every spot, every crevice I needed to get into. Like, you feel good. So I, I kind of feel good right now. I'm in, a, I'm in a really good mood. Um, feeling good. You know, feel good. You know, look good. Look good. Record good. Something right on those lines. But let's get back into uh, Karrion Cross. So now after that, he attacks Tommaso Ciampa in a huge swerve. And, and one that I was actually happy with. Given the fact that Champa is pretty much a babyface, Gargano is a full-blown heel. It wouldn't make sense for Cross to go after Gargano. Heel-heel type deal. That rhyme, by the way, very nice. Um, it probably wouldn't make sense right now to have Cross and Gargano cross paths, pun intended. Um, but Cross and Champa kind of makes sense. And now Champa, as the, as of this moment, is out of commission. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what Cross does going forward. Um, and I'll speculate in terms of what the possibility is for him in 2020 and beyond. We'll figure it all there at the, towards the end of this portion of the program. But Cross finally made his debut last Wednesday night. And I was watching AEW Dynamite, as I always do for the most part, live tweeting with, with, uh, with y'all and all that stuff. Um, and I was very, very like, cause the, the world was just buzzing for Carrion, but it wasn't the match that he had against Leon Ruff and that dude died. Um, but by the way, though, Leon Ruff, um, fantastic selling brother. I, I appreciate you selling the way you did, um, made cross look good. And I think that will go a long way for you. In your future, I, I know usually, you know, of course, we need enhancement talent. Um, but I mean, he sold, he made Cross look like a fucking million. Two side of suplexes, uh, his finishing move known as the Cross Jacket, which I think is a really appropriate name for that. It's a nice little, nice little submission hold, you know. I think it's a dope submission hold. Nice little rear naked choke kind of action. It's really nice. Um, but the, what the world was buzzing about was the entrance. And Boy, was that an entrance. And everything about that entrance just screamed carrying cross. The cool thing about this, and what I'm sure people have now started to know, but just in case you didn't know, the theme song for Carrying Cross was actually sung by Scarlett. I could easily tell her voice. You could easily tell her that was her voice. Um, let me see if I could actually find the lyrics. I don't know if I can find the lyrics to it. Carrying uh, Cross theme song. Damn it, can't spell. Yeah, 
Yeah, even from 411medium.com, Scarlett says she sang the vocals on Karen Cross's theme song, which you can, like I said, you can easily tell her voice. It was all her all day. Like, I could easily tell, like, you could easily tell that was her. I just want to see if I can find the lyrics, because the lyrics are actually dope. And and it fits, and it just fits Karrion Cross so well. Um, I, I guess we'll just have to play the theme song. Like if you never, if you did not not heard the song yet, it is a damn good theme song. I'm just gonna let you play. It. I'm gonna play it a little bit. I mean, is that a banger of a theme song or what? I don't know if you can actually hear it. You may want to turn it up a little bit when you actually listen to this. But um, just everything about the entrance, the smoke, Scarlet, come, uh, you know, Cross coming out, just crossing his arms. Scarlet in tow, singing the lip syncing her theme, the theme song for Cross. The smoke just billowing into the ring and just... Everything about the presentation of it was just absolutely brilliant. You had, of course, when we got to, when she got to fall and pray and they got that little breakdown um, towards the end of the theme song, you saw the lights go red and it was, and you see Cross in the ring just standing there. And then Scarlet goes in between Cross's legs and then just, you know, is right in front of him, you know, kneeling in, kneeling in front of him. And just everything about that entrance was just money. You could, you could, you, if you hear it, if you hear it closely enough, you can easily hear the money printer just going with money because that theme song is money. Cross is money. And this is going to be one of those, he's going to be one of those guys where I hope that he stays around a little bit in NXT because I know he's got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Um, I know probably they're going to be gunning for cross versus champ at some time for the next takeover. That would make the most sense. Um, it was, I was thinking it was going to be at Boston before the Boston mayor pretty much shut down, um, fun time for everybody in Boston, Massachusetts. So there won't be a takeover in Boston. That's fine. We can get past that wherever they hold the next NXT takeover event. That theme that I'm telling you that theme is catchy. 
The whole presentation was fantastic. Everything about it was just great. Great debut. This was a very, very great way to debut someone. There have been great debuts in NXT. Many, many. Um, Shinsuke, of course, one of my favorite debuts of all time, especially his TakeOver debut, which was just absolutely fantastic. Bobby Roode's debut was just money. Um, Adam Rose's is always one that I thought in my mind. Tyler Breeze's one was always always one. Um, it was just everything about what he had, what they had to the table. And add Cross to that list. Karrion Cross is now here in NXT. Um, so my mind, my hamster wheel start churning. Everything about it just started churning, just. And I'm thinking, how long will he stay in NXT? Because that's usually the, one of the first few things I think about. How what what's the timeline for Cross? And my first thought was, how long before Vince McMahon is going to try to get him up to N, uh, to the main roster? That's always the one of the first few thoughts I have in my head because an entrance like that is money. But, and I was talking about this with my uh, my uh, guy I work with, Russ. We were we were kind of talking about it, and the, but the fear we had with Carrion Cross is that it would be more so about Scarlet than it would be about Carrion, because well, blonde, very attractive, big tits, very very good looking. You, trust me, you seen her, you're welcome. Um, so I would think what would worry me is that it, upon his up to you know climb up to the main roster. It would be more so about the focus of Scarlet than it would be so more about the focus of Cross. Yes, Cross would be there, but Scarlet would probably be the focus, um, which which was which is very worrisome. But let's, let's not worry about that right now. My timeline for Cross right now is that I think he, like I said, he is blue chip. He is a blue chip stock. He is a blue chip prospect. There's, I think, there's a lot of you know ways you can utilize him. Um, in terms of championships, it'll be at least a year. I would say maybe not like somewhere between nine to 12 months. Um, when I started speculating on Austin theory, I've really said towards the end of 2020, he would really hit his stride. Now, what kind of sucks is that now he's on the raw roster and that kind of really defeats the purpose of what you're trying to do with Austin theory. You have this little faction with Selena Vega with Andrade and Angel Garza and Austin theory. Eh, you know, y'all know I don't watch raw, so it doesn't really fucking matter to me. But with Cross, you got to be a little bit different. This is a different kind of dude. And, and I've said this a lot about a lot of guys. Guys like Cole, guys like Dream, guys like Organo, guys like Champa, guys like Matt Riddle, guys like um, Keith Lee. It's different. Cross is a very different character. And my first thought was, how long until he gets a title? And I would say somewhere between the six to nine month range. So that would be at least a, that would be uh, this summer, uh, SummerSlam weekend takeover, War Games takeover, and um, possibly Royal Rumble weekend takeover, at least. Um, That would basically get us to, hold on. So at least eight months in, I would say he's getting at least, I would say at least three takeovers. If they put him in takeover matches, because I know they're going to want to build this guy up big time. And 
And this Marley moment is brought to you by, well, Marley, who wants to remind you that sometimes you get way too excited for treats and you damn near fall over and hurt yourself. Um, also, to make sure you get your proper exercise for the day, drink your adequate amount of water, uh, get a proper amount of sleep, and, well, make sure you don't slide on the floor. That was the last bit she put on the contract. I don't know. She's kind of weird this week. But yeah, um, that was your Marley moment of the show as per contract of my doge. Um, (laughs) That was the loud thud you heard. But my goodness, I would say at least I would I would say you want to be very careful with Cross. He has does he has champion written all over him? Yeah, he does. Does he have the potential to be a North American champion? Absolutely. Does he have potential of becoming an NXT champion? Absolutely. It all matters which title you want him to go for and what timeline you want him to take said championships. Champ is a main event guy. So it looks to me as if they're going to try to go him. I wouldn't say on the fast track. I wouldn't want to put him on the fast tracks with NXT championship. Although NXT championship gold would be in his future. And as NXT champion, I could definitely see it. I could see it. I'm sure you could see it. It, I felt the same way with Drew McIntyre upon his debut on the main roster. It wasn't a matter of if. It was a matter of when he would become world champion. Now, it was about two plus years before McIntyre finally held the WWE title. But he had the look. He he, he came back looking stronger, better, faster. Can cut a promo easily. Like it's like it's like the only thing he could do left in this earth. And he just he made he worked hard, left, got released by WWE, worked hard, busted his ass, came back to NXT, became NXT champion, did what he had to do there, went up to the main roster, did work. And now he is WWE champion. I see that same thing with Karrion Cross, minus the release. Cross, I would say right now, go slow, build him up. Of course, the typical tried and true method. Build this man up. That because that entrance is going to be the entrance as it gets better and better. People are going to be singing that theme song. Easy. The I'm sure if there was a crowd in attendance to see that entrance, they would be going fucking bananas. Not only for Scarlett and her attractiveness, but for the entire entrance in and of itself. The crowd really played, and especially with NXT crowds, they really are receptive, especially if the debut of a certain superstar is absolute money. They go fucking bonkers for the shit. Unfortunately, there was no crowd, so they couldn't really, but my, but the world was just reacting in a way that I was just like, it couldn't be denied. Cross is money. Cross is going to be a big deal in NXT. So here's how I, I, I would kind of think about it. Now, I, I'm think, I'm not thinking like Triple H does, but I'm kind of looking on those same lines. You have the remainder of 2020. You have seven months until the end of the year. I would say build towards Champa. That would be your first feud. You have to build towards Champa. Since since he's at Champa, kind of goes with it. Start building toward with Karrion Cross versus Tommaso Champa. Cross then beats Champa. I don't see any other way you can't. Like Champa just had a, the one of the dopest feuds and of ever in the history of NXT. There's nothing wrong with Champa taking the L on Killer Cross. He's still uh, carrying Cross, I should say. I'm sorry. Um, he's still a made man in NXT. That's not that much of an issue. You then get to take over War Games. I wouldn't put him in Takeover War Games. I think that would be that's fast. It's a little bit too fast tracking for me. 
I would say get him a match. I don't know against two. Figure it out from there. Um, Royal Rumble weekend, I would say continue on building him up. Takeover match after takeover match. Once we get to WrestleMania weekend, though, the thought of a championship is there at that point. We would pretty much be 11 months to a year, close to a year in. And I'd say Cross has one of those those rookie years where it could not be denied in NXT. Mm -hmm. There is just something that you look at when you see uh, Karrion Cross. He has championship written all over him. It's a matter of taking the proper time to actually get that. I'd say mid mid 2021 is where he will shine the brightest. I'm never really I'm never really tr- off for the most part. I'm sometimes off. I'm not off all the time. But for the most part, I have been pretty solid in what I have seen in terms of how they want to build up a certain superstar. Karrion Cross, take your time. This, trust me, we know how good he is. If you watch him in the Indies, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Take the time. Build this man up. He's going to be a champion sooner rather than later. But let's get him in some high-profile matches. Let's let him at least get to Champa. And I think from there we go. Right at, Once we get past Champa, the world's their oyster with NXT and with, with Triple H and what he wants to do with Cross and NXT. Again, great debut, wonderful entrance, fantastic entrance. He's going to be money. I'd say mid-2021 is where he will sh- start shining the brightest and become the Blue Chip prospect. We all know that dude can be. So... Another, I guess, what I would consider a repackaging um, was Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano is now, you know, all soul, all all heart, no soul. He is full-blown heel now, ladies and gentlemen, and and I love every second of it. It's all about TJGW, the Johnny Gargano way. I loved every bit of this. I loved his entrance. New music, new look. Is it all heart, no soul? Yeah, all heart, no soul. Just everything about Gargano now in this new chapter of Gargano in NXT is just simply phenomenal. Um, of course, we saw Candice LeRae last week with her, the po- with now becoming the Poison Pixie um, in NXT. Now we get to see all heart, no soul, Johnny Gargano, um, who wants to re- break down NXT and then build it up in his image. And that in and of itself, of course, being hard to pain in the ass to do, is just something that I just adore. And I usually don't use that word often, but I kind of, it kind of, it kind of, kind of like the way Johnny Gargano looks at Candice LeRae, like I look at pizza. I don't know, kind of that weird look, but. When I see Johnny Gargano now as full-blown heel, as full-blown, no more Mr. Rebel Heart, no more Johnny Wrestling. This is literally a new Johnny Gargano. It was brilliant. New uh, everything. They repackaged everything. And they made him look to be a fantastic, a fantastic heel. And it's brilliant. And the match he had with Dajakovich was actually pretty good too. Um, of course, Johnny Gargano getting the victory. With that, uh, was it the slingshot DDT? After he, um, 
uh, hits Dajakovic with the exposed uh, turnbuckle, uh, hits a slingshot DDT that he is now calling one final beat after the match that he had with Champa just a couple of weeks ago. It's brilliant. It's really, really damn brilliant. And, you know, now we're going to start seeing Gargano being built up too. We're, 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 start, we're starting anew with some things. Crossing Gargano, Cross's debut, Gargano's repackaging, that, it was just sheer brilliance. They're, they're, how, how can they miss? It, it seems as if every time we get a debut or repackaging or a heel or face turn, somehow they just do it right. They do it just so, so good. And it's just absolutely brilliant. They they really they really really do it just in a in a way where I can just take it all in and just enjoy it. You know, I I loved it. It's just it's it's just so good. It, it was it was very well done. I'm very pleased with the result. Um, you know, right now Dajakovic's really got nothing going on right now, so I can understand he could take the L on this one because um, we're focusing Gargano on Gargano at that point. But man, across debut, a Gargano repackaging, and they both hit. And it just works. I love the music of both. I love Johnny's music, and I love Killer Carrying Cro- uh, Cross's uh, theme song as well. Of course, Charlotte uh, sang the song, but NXT just somehow with their with the way they go about character changes and all this stuff, they just somehow somehow not all not all the time they they don't miss, but for the majority of the stars that they have in their roster right now. It's just can't miss. It's can't miss shit. And I was thoroughly impressed and I'm very happy with the result of both. And it's just very good to watch. It's very impressive. That's the word I'm looking for. Both were impressive and something I can't wait to see of how everything goes along going forward. Now that we have Loray and Gargano as heels cross making his stuff. I mean, we are be- we are literally spoiled with NXT. We are so damn spoiled with this. And you know, with minds like Triple H and Shaw and everybody that's a part of the NXT roster in terms of booking and everything, they are absolutely just nailing it. And it's just so just it's a breath of fresh air because of Raw and SmackDown being absolute dumpster fires. Um that shining light in 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 the storm, that lighthouse is NXT, and at least we can go to shore and find solace in NXT being the number one brand right now in WWE. Period. It's no denying it. So, what we're gonna do, real quick? I know I ran a little bit more time. I wanted to get a little bit more in, but so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break. Um, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about the remainder of our, our last week portion. We're actually going to do a part two today. This is the first time we've done a part two for last week. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about the title matches. 
The NXT Championship between Adam Cole and the Velveteen Dream, as well as the Charlotte Flair versus Io Shirai Women's Championship match. And a certain someone decided to make her return to NXT as well. We're gonna be if we have time, we're gonna talk about the Cruiserweight uh championship tournament and a little bit of the tag team division if we do have time. Other than that, guys, stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we are back with episode 204 of the YLP podcast. Still talking about last week. This week, but we are still on last week. But I'm going to give you guys a part two. A part two for last week, this week. Because I thought there's a lot of things that we had going on. And I ran a little bit long with Killer uh, Karrion Cross. I kind of fanboyed a little bit. It'd be like that sometimes. New, you know, you got someone new, the shiny new toy. You just want to chill and play with it. It's like Christmas Day. Get a new toy. Kid gets a new toy. Wants to play with it all day long. All that good stuff. We got Karrion Cross. He's the newbie here. You know, we want to enjoy every single bit of it. So, yeah, I mean, can you blame me? Can you just effing blame me for just enjoying um, just that? I know you can't blame me for that real quick, but... Um, Let's get back into the swing of things as I change the channel because I don't know what the hell I want to have on telly. That's and you ever have that like, because like, let me let me put it to you like this: when it comes to television, I really watch TV. I don't watch like TV shows. I I'm gonna tell you this right now. It's probably gonna trigger a lot of you, motherfuckers, and I don't care. I have never watched Tiger King. I will probably never plan on watching Tiger King. I still haven't even watched The Last Dance yet. I don't watch TV like that. I literally watch two things. Of course, sports and pro wrestling. Now, technically, pro wrestling is a sport, so then I just watch sports. Um, rarely do I watch anything else. Like, literally, I could, if I wanted to... I think over the weekend, I actually had... Um, the third and fourth rounds of the 2016 Rio um, Olympic golf on just randomly because I knew it was going to take me to at least six o'clock and I had to kill time before uh, Money in the Bank. That actually happened on uh, Sunday, this past Sunday. So I don't watch TV. So if you told me about like Tiger King or whatever, I would guarantee you that I have never watched it, probably never will watch it. Um, and, um, you, and you'd probably be like, what? You never watched Tiger King? I, I canceled my Netflix subscription about a year ago because I never really used it and I just wasn't going to pay nine bucks a month for something I didn't use. You know? It'd be like that sometimes. So I'll just find a channel that I'm watching, something that at least interests me if I look over as I record and just take care of business, handle that. And then we go from there. So that's a little insight into what I literally watch on television which is pretty much jack and shit for the most part. Um, I know it's weird. A lot of people sometimes don't watch TV. A lot of, people, a lot of y'all, y'all been binging on Netflix like it was going out of style since y'all been quarantined. I don't know. But we need to get back into the swing of things. Um, so let's discuss 
the title matches quickly or as quickly as we possibly can and I want to start off with the let's start off with the women's championship because I think this was very interesting and I wasn't expecting this coming so Charlotte and EO went one-on-one -on -one last night and I guess what a quick consider a battle of the moonsaults even though oh, i still say eos will always be significantly better than charlotte's because anytime she tries to hit that from the outside it never comes across well it just it looked bad and sometimes it looked like she's about to break her goddamn neck so but this match up until the disqualification was actually going well I think it was, uh, they really, they really started, get, they got a little bit of technical, did a little bit of uh, agility, of course. Um, they, you know, of course, they circled and tie up, went around. Charlotte got the headlock. Charlotte throwing body shots. Charlotte Pyro's out. Charlotte, of course, being the more powerful of the two, runs her over. You know, and what I noticed in the early going is that, and I even said this to my, uh, my guy, Russ. Charlotte and and I think with these empty arena shows you you tend to notice a little bit more details and I am a detail oriented guy so when it comes to professional wrestling the devil is in the details and I even told him I'm just like yo yo dude I'm sure you notice already but I had never really noticed it Charlotte's one hell of a ring general um I'm sure to some of you that is complete blasphemy and I really don't care. It's just what I observe and what I am telling you and you like it. So we'll run with it. She is quite the ring general and especially for the ladies in NXT. I kind of think they need a little bit of that, you know, the help to, for Charlotte to lead the match. It's like a dance, you know, one leads, one follows. You can't have two people leading in the dance. Otherwise, it just looks like a straight up doo doo. But Charlotte was leading the dance the entire way through. And you can easily tell it in one portion of it in the early going. I think this was after, you know, she did her kip up. Um, she picked up Shirai and says, come here, take this. Come here, take this bump. And now I'm, I'm sure she tried to say it as low as possible so we couldn't catch it. But in a way, you know, she was, you know, leading Io Shirai into the next set of moves that they were about to do. I, I kind of, I dug that. And let me be clear one more time, just so y'all, y'all goons out there who think uh, I don't like Charlotte. I like Charlotte. I think she's overbooked at times in terms of winning uh, oodles of, of, of championships. But other than, for the most part, I do like Charlotte. I like her look. I like the way she gets down in the ring. She's been in some classic battles. It's been in some matches I think she didn't deserve to be in when others deserved the opportunity. Deserved the opportunity besides her. That's either here nor there. We're not even going to talk about that. But she definitely could lead the match. And she is one hell of a ring general. And that's something I really, really like. And I really noticed that. You know, if you're watching these empty arena you know, shows and you're really paying close attention, you can kind of tell who's going to be leading the match. Now, rule of thumb, heels usually lead the matchup. I think that, you know, from what I have been told and what I have noticed, heels usually are the lead in the match. They lead the show. They take care of things. Um, it's comfortability. Now, sometimes the face will lead. Uh, it doesn't really, I mean, from what I've been told, heels usually lead the match. 
the whoever play whoever is the heel in the match usually leads. Now I could be wrong, and if I am, please do let me know. We are a learning program. We like to learn here here at the YLP podcast. We do like to learn. So if there is something that I want to know about and you may know, hit me up with a voice message on Wrestle at, on anchor.fm slash wrestle addict radio leave me a voice message put ylp and put whatever you want in the title and from that way we go we we are a learning program um getting back into it um of course eo showing on the early going she had some agility as well before charlotte got her uh kip up but the craziest thing you know went down um toward now right after you know, Charlotte hits the moonsault, misses it. Charlotte, uh, Charlotte hits a show tag on Charlotte, a la Mr. Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, hits, a six, hits a tiger faint kick on the shoulder. Charlotte ends up in the corner, hits the meteor, goes for the pin, and surprisingly gets a two count. Now, Shirai drags Charlotte to a drop zone. It looked like she was going for the eyesight moonsault. Onto the knees. Charlotte then hits her with a big boo, goes for the cover, gets a two count into that. She shrugs, oh, of course. She's a bit surprised, shrugs through, and smiles. In that Charlotte smile that we all know that I'm sure and gets in. Never mind. I'm not even going to go there with that. That's nasty. And, you know, we ain't trying to do that. She drags Shirai up, reels her in. She lifts Shirai. She fights off the power bomb. Hurricane Ron and Charlotte into the turnbuckles, which was a very nice spot. Charlotte then flops out of the ring. You know, Shirai goes up to the top rope, goes for the super eye moonsault, misses that. That allowed Charlotte to use a kendo stick on Io Shirai, which kind of made me think, wait, what? That, wait, we're we're going to DQ right with this? But then it all made sense. And we may have gotten the Mad Queen. And for those of you who know the Mad Queen, yeah, this was the uh, the bitchy um, Charlotte Flair from uh, a few years ago. I actually like this version of Charlotte Flair, the Mad Queen, the very bitch-like heel um, that just really could cut a promo and just cut you down to size. I love that version of Charlotte. She brings Shirai to the apron, slams the leg on the apron, and and it looks like she was going to go for the Bret Hart figure four, which is one of my favorite personal spots of all time because when Bret Hart put it down, and they sold that too. Don't get it twisted for one second. If Bret Hart puts you in that figure four, you better sell that. So she was about to go for the figure four. But out comes the nightmare. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Rhea Ripley has returned to NXT. We all know the the issues that had happened with um, uh, Rhea Ripley's work visa. Um, it was set to expire prior to WrestleMania, which is why she lost the championship to Charlotte. Um, otherwise, Rhea would have retained over Charlotte, and Rhea and Io would have had began their program in NXT. So, and I had talked about this earlier on this year. They were probably leaning towards Rhea versus Io, um, especially after Rhea Bianca. Now, like I said, if Rhea, once Rhea got past Charlotte. Rhea Eo was more than likely going to be the feud going into the new calendar year, if you will, since we're in we were in WrestleMania season. Um, now, Rhea has returned. Eo feels slighted because she got she got pretty much Kendo out of a title shot. Um, Charlotte got away with one. Um, 
and Rhea has returned. Now, Io, Io and Rhea now have beef for the fact that Io, for some reason, feels some type of way about Rhea stopping Charlotte from doing the figure four, the Bret Hart figure four on the uh, on the post. Um, in essence, she'd be say, she should be saying thank you. Arigato um, Um But now leads into the triple threat, and I wasn't so. Sh- now, and I now I remember we I we, of course we discussed this at length, uh, and by we I mean I, but we since we are you are a listener, I am talker. Um, we knew, you know, we knew that. Charlotte's title reign wasn't going to last long, especially, like I said, with the news of Rhea having to deal with the work visa issue, all that stuff. Guess she had it worked out because she was already because she's back in NXT now. And now. If this were takeover season, if we were going ahead just a few weeks away from takeover, takeover, whatever they were about to do. I would. I would not have considered, I would probably, more than likely, if everything was just status quo, Freya beats Charlotte, cements her place as one of the, the future stars of the company, Rhea EO was going to be the match anyway. Now we just add Charlotte into the mix and make it a triple threat for the NXT Women's Championship. More than likely, we hold that in June. And more than likely, that's where Charlotte's title reign will end. Which is fine. Again, we kind of figured Charlotte wasn't going to hold the title long. And that's fine. That's okay. It's not a bad thing. Sometimes transitional champions can actually make sense. Not every title reign is going to be like a 700-day title reign. Like, um, was it Gargano in Dragon Gate? I believe Gargano actually had a championship, like a 600-day championship reign in Dragon Gate. And that was fucking wild to me to think that like somebody would have that long of a title reign and be that dominant. But not every championship title reign is going to be a year-long title reign, as is Adam Cole's, we'll talk about in a second. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, like I said, it was only a matter of time before either Rhea came, Rhea was going to come back regardless. It didn't matter when. Um, we were going to get, you know, Rhea Charlotte, or I didn't think there was going to be such a triple threat. I, I didn't really think there was going to be a triple threat I thought Rhea was going to be actually gone for a while while she figured everything out, but homegirl figured got that shit done quick. Brought and then they brought got her got her back to the states, got her back into the fold. All is good and well, and now we are potentially looking at a triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. I don't know when that happened. My guess is probably next month. They'll be taking care of that for sure. Um, so that will easily mean the end of Charlotte's title reign. In terms of Rhea and Io, or Io winning the championship, I think it would make the most sense for Rhea to gain, regain the NXT Women's Championship now that she's come back. And Rhea and Io actually have their feud starting as they head towards TakeOver, wherever the fuck they're going to do this for SummerSlam weekend. Then, now, my guess, Charlotte will take the pin. Um, I know usually Charlotte taking the pin would be a shock thing, but I think Rhea pinning Charlotte, if that's the case, would state that, okay, Charlotte made me tap. I pinned Charlotte. 
then EO will feel some type of way, which I still need fucking subtitles, and think, you didn't beat me. I st- and I never really got my full-on championship match with Charlotte. I want that title, which would then lead to EO versus Rhea, and then we have the EO-Rhea feud that we probably would have been having right after WrestleMania. Or should I say take over Tampa? If everything was status quo and coronavirus fucking be damned. That would have been the feud anyway. We just had to take an extra step to get to where we needed to be anyway. So it is cool that Rhea is back. I'm happy that she's back into the fold. Um, Really cool. You know, so we get the triple threat between the ladies and we'll see where that goes starting this coming, you know, tomorrow night Um, and all that good shit. In terms of the men, for the NXT Championship, we had Adam Cole, of course, and the Velveteen Dream. Now, I love me some Velveteen Dream. I love me some Adam Cole. Bay bay. Love both guys. And this was one match I knew that was definitely on my wish list for 2020. This was a wish list I had in my head. I didn't really have anything to do with that, but, um, Cole dream. Was definitely a match that we needed to see. It was definitely the kind of match that, you know, they built up very, very well and got, and got us to exactly where we needed to be. Now, in terms of, You know, now knowing that, you know, where do we go from here? Because when all was said and done, of course, um, Fish and Strong during the match were looking to interfere. Out comes Dexter Loomis from out underneath the ring. Strong, I believe, was thrown into the ref, ref bump. Velveteen Dream went for the Purple Rainmaker, hit it, but went for the cover, but there was no one there. Uh, there was a point also in the match where Adam Cole super kicks um, Dream when he was going for the uh, double axe handle off the ropes, falls, head lands on the body of Cole, still went for the count, only got a two count under that too. But in the end, Adam Cole is still your NXT champion. They really going for that 365, ain't they, y'all? <laughs> uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There really isn't because of the fact that, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those, you know, because, you know, they're, of course, we're going to get that one year mark. At this point, the one year mark is in tow as as a cape they thing. Champion usually defends his title every 30 days. So, and at the time, we were at 340 days of Adam Cole 
as the undisputed NXT champion. Now, today we are at uh, day 346, tomorrow being 347. So let me think. 54, 1, 2, 2, 2. So, let me see. So we'll be at 47, 54, 61. So June 1st, 2020 will be officially one year that Adam Cole has become NXT champion. It will be a full year of Adam Cole being the undisputed NXT champion. From where they go from... Now, the thing is with me... I really do hope that, you know, we get a return to the fans for this undisputed anniversary, because I think this will be definitely be needed. Um, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to go about having fans into the building. Um, I know they're only be, will be able to go up to 25% capacity, which would be good, especially for his anniversary, especially with the crowd, you know, being behind Adam Cole. Um, anytime he does his Adam Cole, baby um, chant, it would be worth it. It would honestly be worth it. At this point, Cole has beaten Dream. Cole has defeated Dream. Um, now, like I stated, I don't, if whoever wins, this wouldn't be the end of the feud. I think right now they really have no one else um, to put in front of Cole. And I discussed it before. It would be too, it's going to be too soon for Cross to get it. Champa is going to be dealing with Cross. Gargano is pretty much trying, is beginning his repackaging. So the only person you honestly have at this very moment, because you have um, Keith Lee worrying about stuff, uh, Matt Riddle and uh, the tag team championship in tow with that. So he's going to be out. The only person you really have is, is Velveteen Dream. And so I think this isn't the end of their feud just yet. This is just part one. Part two, I don't know when that happened. You'll probably have Dream start pining for a rematch um, due to the fact that, yes, there was interference um, and all that stuff. I don't really know how Dexter Loomis would play into it as well. I mean, bless you, Marley. Um, bless you. I'm not exactly sure how they would go about it in terms of maybe creating a second part of the feud and then the third ending up at during SummerSlam weekend. That would probably be the best case scenario because Dream Cole is a uh, Dream Cole, yeah. Mm. Would definitely be a hot top summer feud for NXT to ride into towards week towards SummerSlam weekend in August. This feud ain't over by a long shot. Not by a long shot. I don't see it because, like I said, you don't really have anyone else to put in front of Cole right now. I don't see anyone because everybody else, everybody uh, of the top, the cream of the crop, top top um, superstars are already involved with certain things. Like I said, Champa with Cross, Gargano re being rebuilt as the uh, you know in the Johnny Gargano way. Um, Dajakovic not so much. Um, Loomis is getting built up, but I don't think he's he doesn't really scream main event guy. Uh, he screams more mid card guy. But Cold Dream has the legs now to go into SummerSlam weekend with the NXT Championship on the line for the third time 
Dream's going to eventually win this championship. There's no way you're going to tell me that this was the end of it. There's going to be something going on. Dream will figure out a way to get a rematch, possibly win the championship sometime in late June, early, late June, early July. Then we set up the third and final matchup at TakeOver, wherever the fuck they're going to play SummerSlam weekend this year. And I think Dream will end the feud remaining as the NXT champion. I can see it. I, again, I just don't know where they're going to go from here because they have they have no one else for Cole. And that's the biggest thing. Now, if there is someone that they can put in front of Cole right now, send me a voice message and let me know, and I will consider it. I just don't know who else they would put in front of Cole right now to warrant this. I, I, I just don't see it. I really, unfortunately, do not see it. And Cole Dream still has legs. Just because, you know, you have Cole beat Dream in this Cole beat Dream here doesn't mean it's the end. Far from it. Um, I, you know, it could be. It could be the end of the feud. We don't know. But right now, for my money, Cole Dream Part 2 is coming. This is going to be a very hot, white hot summer feud. Leading to SummerSlam weekend. Leading to Dream either winning the championship or already being champion and retaining said title. All right. All right. So let's get into quickly the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament, the interim Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. I have really enjoyed this tournament, y'all. It gives me G1 vibes, makes me happy, it gives me BS, BOSJ kind of vibes. And so we had this week. Well, who did we have this week? We had um, Jack Gallagher versus uh, Akira Tozawa in Group B and Kushida versus Jake Atlas in Group A. Now, I wasn't expecting... I was expecting Kushida to lead the pack in his group. I figured he was the clear-cut favorite to win this. And honestly, after he beat Nice, my first thought was, he has the group in hand. This is his group. He is going to win Group A Without question, it's not a problem. Kushida's going to be going to that championship matchup without... It, it, it's easy. Easy peasy. Now all that he has left is Drake Maverick after he beat Jake Atlas in what I surprisingly thought was a very, very short match. Very short. I was very surprised. That they would actually have it come be short. Because this really, it looked like it didn't go long at all to me. I was very surprised. Um, you know, Atlas will, Atlas has honestly been coming along nicely for my taste. Um, you know, he has his, you know, his demeanor. I, I dig his demeanor. I like, I like how he gets down. Um, he, he made a believer out of me against Drake Maverick. And that cartwheel DDT is just money. Um, but against a guy like Kushida, it wasn't his night that it was Kushida all day long, you know, and he, and Kushida's a beast. Kushida, I had stated once Kushida gets into the cruiserweight division, he is going to be a problem. I stated this last year. I wanted Kushida to get into the cruiserweight division because I knew how much of a problem he was going to be. 
And I also stated that if Kushida won said tournament, Devlin Kushida is your money match for the Cruiserweight Championship. Now, unfortunately, Devlin cannot come across the pond to defend the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. So for time being, Kushida is a, I wouldn't say a lock just yet, but he is a damn good favorite to become a easy uh, an easy ten like he is like as of right now the number one person I would say would easily win this tournament and become the new the interim NXT Cruiserweight Champion until we get Jordan Devlin back into the fold Devlin Kushida, but I was not expecting Akira Tozawa to be a actual favorite now in this as well. And personally, Gallagher Tozawa was better than Atlas Kushida. Not even going to try to front, front on that. We won't, we, it's, it, 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 we're not trying to make this a dick measuring contest. All right, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm just saying in terms of cruiserweight matches, Gallagher and Tozawa had a better match than they, um, than they did with Atlas and Kushida. Now, they both were a little bit short for my taste, but that was just because of the fact that we had Charlotte and EO for the Women's Championship, and we had Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream for the NXT title. So any other time, they would have gotten a little bit more time to do what they do best, which is create in the ring. But I did like the Gallagher-Tozawa match. I would thought, you know, they really put, you know, and of course... They faced each other before on 205 Live, so it's so the chemistry is there. Really good matchup. Of course, um, Tozawa getting the Super Senton off a of top rope wasn't the cleanest one that he's done, but it was just enough to actually have Gallagher out for the three count, and Tozawa is now 2-0 in his group. So where we are right now, and I believe the final matchups will be either taking will be taking place over the next two weeks. Um, we have, I'm assuming I'm gonna go with Tozawa, Phantasma, Scott, and um, is it Atlas? No, Scott and Gallagher would be the last uh, matchups for them. Uh, maybe we see, maybe we see uh, Scott get the victory, but I know Tozawa beats Scott. By that tiebreaker, Scott would probably be out of contention. Scott did beat Phantasma. So it would be interesting to see how everything would play out for those three. Um, Phantasma, Tozawa will determine, more than likely determine the group of who will be in the final. Over on the group A side, Kushida is going to lead. Kushida's going 3-0. That's a that's an easy given. Um, I think in, in terms of this group, this was the, this was not a group of death for all my World Cup aficionados out there. This was definitely not a group of death. This was a group of Kushida and everybody the fuck else, which is kind of why I was like, man, I really would have liked this to be a little bit more balanced. Now, I did say Kushida Nice will determine the group. Kushida beat Nice. Kushida's the front runner at 2-0 right now, and more than likely will go 3-0 against Drake Maverick. Um... And finish up the group 3-0 and easily ride into the final. Um, as far as Phantasma and Tozawa goes, this is more than likely going to determine the group. Um, unless, and here's the thing. The only way, and I don't think Scott can actually get to the final. So my picks of Kushida and Swerve Scott is pretty much dead in the water. 
And I'll, I'll tell you why, because Tozawa beat Scott. Scott did beat Fantasma, but if they all had the same record, which is unlikely, um, oh, Tozawa still takes the group. Unless Fantasma beats Tozawa. So it's it's all on Tozawa to get that third victory. Now, would I be cool with a Kushida Tozawa final? Absolutely. Would I be fine with a Fantasma Kushida final? Absolutely. Would I want to see anyone other than Kushida win this tournament at this very point? Absolutely not. Um, I think this is Kushida's tournament to win. Um, I had picked, I, if I remember correctly, I did pick Kushida. I did say I'm not sure who would win this tournament, but my eye would be on Kushida as the favorite, if I remember correctly. And Kushida is the is the, honestly the odds-on favorite to win this tournament. Kushida Devlin is a money matchup waiting to happen. Um, unless proven, unless I'm proven otherwise in Phantasma in his uh rookie debut, does come out winning the championship, which would be a, a very, very big flex for Phantasma in the Cruiserweight division. But I think for right now, in terms of name recognition, I really think Tozawa, not Tozawa, Kushida will probably be the one to win the NXT Interim Cruiserweight Championship. And we get Devlin Kushida. Now, I have been proven wrong many moons before, uh, many moons ago, and I will be, you know, proven wrong many moons after today. So don't hold me to it. But it's going to be interesting to see if... Tozawa Phantasma is the matchup that will determine um, group. Was it group B? Is it group B? Yeah, group B. I think Phantasma Tozawa is going to be a fun matchup. It's going to be a really cool matchup to watch. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm sure you've been enjoying this entire Cruiserweight Championship tournament. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we'll see where it goes as we get into the final matchups for their respective groups. I believe we have two weeks left of this, so... Big matchups are coming. Everything is on the line. As far as I know, um, we at least know Kushida will probably be in the final. Everybody else will be playing for second spot. And quickly to end last week, um, the tag team mix, of course, really not much going on with the tag team division. Um, Imperium, after what happened last week, um, Actually, a couple weeks ago with the Broly Weds game, which is still hilarious to me. Um, Imperium challenged Thatcher and Riddle to a tag team championship match. Let me see if I can actually find it. No, this is way before. Okay, there we go. So, Marcel Bartel says that through the last year, Imperium has proven over and over and over again that we are the most dominant force in NXT. Not British Strong Style, not the Undisputed Era. He, myself, Fabian Eichner, Alexander Wolfe, and Volter. Imperium. They couldn't stand watch. We couldn't stand watching Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher besmirching the NXT Tag Team Championships. We ended that ridiculous game show, and we are officially challenging the Newly Bros. For the tag team championships. Because thy mat is heilig. The mat is sacred. The response from Riddle and Thatcher went a little something like this. Of course, they heard Imperium's challenge for the tag team championships. Our response is that I knew that winning the tag titles would put a target on our backs. But for Imperium to have their audacity 
to ruin the Newly Bros show. That's what it's called, the Newly Bros. That's unforgivable. And then to ask for a title match on top of that? I'm game. And Thatcher says, of course, that while you knock them out, I'll tap them out. So it looks like we will be seeing Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher defend the NXT Tag Team Championships against Imperium. Now, will that be for next week? We don't know. They didn't announce, when I watched the show, they didn't announce anything for next week. They did talk about one thing, though, in terms of this week's episode of NXT. So we're going to take another break. Let you get a snack, let you get, you know, relieve yourself from the facilities, walk your dog. You know, of course, it's a beautiful day outside, a lovely day in, uh, in New Jersey. Um, you know, and then come on back. And we're going to be talking about, of course, what to expect from tomorrow night's episode of NXT, as well as some news that went down from last night. Obviously, the uh, announcement from Becky Lynch. And if there's any other news I can find, we'll discuss that as well. We'll be right back. Let's get into present day, this week's. Six days later, six days removed from last week's episode of NXT, we now look forward to tomorrow night's episode of the Black and Gold brand. And all I've pretty much found, and which is a pain in the ass sometimes, uh, when I'm trying to find a preview, just trying to get you guys ready for uh, tomorrow night's episode of NXT, and I haven't really seen anything in terms of what they're going to be doing besides one match. So that's all I know so far, unfortunately. So we'll be discussing a couple articles from, um, we'll discuss what happened last night on Monday Night Raw regarding Becky Lynch. We'll discuss that in a moment. But the one thing I did find from NXT and what they're going to be up to this Wednesday night is, of course, what happened with Finn Balor. Now, the reason I didn't really discuss it, um, it was it was a good segment. But um, there was, I figured there were other more important things that we could have discussed in terms of this week's episode. Um, but, of course, as we all know, Finn Balor was involved in a back, uh, backstage locker room altercation by, some, by someone. We don't not, we, at this point, do not know who attacked Finn Balor, and Finn Balor is on the case trying to find his assailant, which, of course, lead into his next feud, and... Which would be quite hilarious if it was Walter. It would be quite funny if it was Walter. I'm just going to put it out there. If it was Walter, I would be laughing my ass off. If it was uh, Walter, Alexander, Wolf. I would, I, would, I, would have, I would literally be in, in stitches if it, was, if it was found out it was to be Walter. But along the way, after his matchup against Denzel Desjournet, Cameron Grimes pretty much uh, had some words after his matchup, pretty much talking about, well, I'm just paraphrasing, pretty much saying to the effect of, um, you got to me, well, whoever the person attacking Finn Balor was, I'm got, the only thing I'm mad about is that I didn't get to him first. And if I did, I would pretty much look him dead in the eye and I would slap the taste out of his mouth. 
as Cameron Grimes was running his mouth, you saw Finn Balor walk down the ramp, get into the ring, stand right next to Cameron Grimes, and try to goad him into slapping him. That really didn't end too well for Mr. Grimes. Pretty much ate a sling blade. Um, I believe I kicked him, knocked him down to the ground, double foot stomp to the tummy, and then uh, picked him up, sling blade to the outside. And now, as a result of that, Finn Balor will be in action tomorrow night to take on Mr. Cameron Grimes. This is from WWE.com. Still determined to find his assailant, Finn Balor will return to in-ring action this Wednesday night on NXT against Cameron Grimes. Whomever took out the prince before a scheduled bout with the Velveteen Dream last month has still yet to reveal themselves, and Balor is set on finding the snake hiding in the long grass that is the NXT locker room. Grimes, meanwhile, says he deserves better than what he's received thus far on the black and gold brand, and beating the former NXT champion would go a long way toward making that point. The technical savage got the worst of their exchange last week, though, suffering a standing coup de gras and a sling blade before escaping for cover. Can Balor concentrate on his match with the identity of his attacker still looming over his head, or will Grimes exploit the prince's focus for the biggest win of his career? This should be a very interesting matchup. Um, I'm definitely going with the assumption that um, Balor will defeat Grimes. Uh, I think it should, I think it would be a solid matchup. I think this will actually be a very interesting matchup between Balor and Grimes. Um, I see no reason why Balor wouldn't win, personally, but I don't. I mean, I really do think they can actually, you know give us a solid matchup that they're going to do on this week's episode of NXT. I mean, this is, like I said, this is going to be a good matchup. I say Balor will win, but, you know, it should be interesting. You know, I'm sure Grimes will have one hell of a performance. Him and Balor uh, are kind of like the same size. I'm lying. Balor is just jacked as fuck. But, again, you know, It'll be very interesting to see what goes down with between Balor and Grimes this week. And like I said before, unfortunately, um, I couldn't find anything. I, I tried to find NXT previews. Um, I tried to find anything I could to do it. I, I did it. I, I do this like as I'm recording too sometimes, and I couldn't find anything. Unfortunately, so that's all we have to go on right now. But. We do have some news that came out of last night's Monday Night Raw. And yeah, I actually watched the first 20 minutes of Monday Night Raw. Why? Because Becky Lynch had a big announcement that we discussed yesterday on episode 203 of the YLP podcast, talking about, of course, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was money in the bank. So, of course, like I said, there was a big spoiler that was going out. I knew what it was already. But I didn't want to spoil it for you guys, especially if you're going to be tuning into Monday Night Raw. That's not my thing. That's evil. And even I have somewhat of a heart. Um, so, we did find out that the man is about to become the mom. Um, this was a very wonderful segment. One of the best moments of 2020. By far, I think right now, if you had to 
try to put gun to my head. What was the best moment of the year? I couldn't tell you, and you just might as well shoot me dead. It is honestly a tie right now between Edge's return to the Royal Rumble and Becky Lynch now letting us all know she is going to be a mother. Um, the way she did it, the way she ended that promo, um, the whole entire the whole entire segment was fantastic. It was just great. Um, of course, it started with Becky Lynch coming out with the uh, Money in the Bank briefcase, um, which Asuka had won the night before on uh, at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Um, she started her promo, and um, out comes Asuka, of course, very angry, given the fact that uh, that is her Money in the Bank briefcase. She had won it, and uh, that is mine. And... Um, why are you pretty much? I don't know. With I, I swear, I need subtitles. I need some damn subtitles, especially if you're taping these shows. Let a brother get some subtitles. I don't care if it means anything, but give a brother some damn subtitles, please. Just one time, make it work, make me laugh. I'm fine. But Asuka, of course, is irate at the fact that Lynch took her briefcase. Of course, it's hers. She won it, she earned it. Um, so Becky Lynch calms her down and said that, um, of course, early in the promo, she said that she spoke to the decision makers of WWE. Now, of course, at the, of course, before everything went down at the time, Becky Lynch was still the raw women's champion. So she had stated that your match at money in the bank wasn't for the money in the bank contract. And Asuka, of course, looking all types of confused. She then unlocks it with a combination that only she knew. And as she opens it up, out comes the Raw Women's Championship. Excuse me. She said, this wasn't for your for, for the money in the bank contract. This was for my title. Thus, her pretty much pretty much letting me know, letting all of us know, she vacated said championship, and she let Asuka know, "You are the champion. You are now the Raw Women's Champion." Of course, Asuka, in brilliant Oscarness, grabs title, has a wonderful celebration going up and down the ramp, all around the ring, even on the commentary table, which, of course, in full Asuka form, is quite hilarious. Then comes back into the ring and says. I am the champion. I am the champion. I and I, I I was laughing my ass off, but that lat the last line Becky said before we found out what exactly was going on. Oscar, you go and be a warrior. Because I'm going to be a mother. Which leads me into from WrestlingInc.com. Backstage news from the Raw segment with Becky Lynch. Now, let me see. I want to make sure I give credit where credit is due to the author of said book. Uh, actually, yeah, my fa- one of my, my favorite uh, pro wrestling writer, Mark Middleton. Asuka reportedly did not know she would become the new Raw Women's Champion when the Money in the Bank ladder match main event was taped at WWE headquarters back on Wednesday, April 15th. Asuka was not aware of the title change in Becky Lynch's pregnancy until yesterday, 
when she arrived to the perform WWE Performance Center for the Raw taping, according to PW Insider. It was noted that some of Asuka's reaction on Raw was legitimately shock and excitement. Regarding Lynch's pregnancy announcement, WWE kept it super quiet, and Lynch was acting very quiet while backstage before Raw. It was noted that Lynch wasn't very talkative backstage and wasn't beaming about the big news until after the Raw segment with Asuka was taped. There were a lot of people within WWE who did not know Lynch and Seth Rollins are expecting until this take the segment was taped yesterday. Lynch is due to give birth in December. Damn it, I was hoping for a January baby. As she told people on Monday, and there's no current time frame for her return to WWE action. WWE obviously wants the man back if she wants to come back. So that is why you saw that excitement, that that shock, that like it felt real. And according to WrestlingInc.com, no one knew besides, of course, Becky, Seth, and whoever else that she had told. Um, so that's why you saw. That's why the shock and excitement was as as that was as real as it gets. You can't fake, you can fake shocking off your career actor, but in terms of something along the lines of uh, WWE talent and the women's division being pregnant and having that announcement to the entire world, Asuka was, this. she wasn't faking that. You can't, it's, it's very sometimes hard to fake shock and excitement, unless you're a very good actor, except my dog when she sees treats, and then that's a whole different story in and of itself, but... Or what she sees me wake up in the morning and I'm getting your breakfast. That's either here nor there, and I got no time for that. But, you know, like I said, I knew I, 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 my, uh, my homie Russell, of course, in our group, in our work group chat, let me know prior to. Now, I'm not necessarily one for spoilers. Y'all know that. I despise spoilers for all it is. When I found out about this, though, I wanted to break the news, but I didn't want to say anything because I wanted everyone to find out. Um, if you had known prior to, I hope you didn't say anything prior to. I mean, it was all over Twitter anyway because social media pretty much leaves nothing to um, to anything anymore, unfortunately. But, again, within WWE confines, nobody knew until the segment was actually taped earlier on that day. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean... Becky Lynch is pregnant. CrossFit Jesus and the man are about to, are going to have a baby in December, which basically, and I think my mom is somewhere in the building um, in here, uh, just in case. Um, so basically, if I'm not mistaken, and we're going to do a little bit of math, 12 minus 3, 12 minus 9 is 3. Third month of the year was March. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch had conceived in the month of March. So, Becky Lynch technically was pregnant at least a month before she announced, at least, well, technically it would be two months. She would be, she was probably two months, at least a little bit, almost two months pregnant before she announced it to the world. So, Baby Lynch, or Baby Rollins, or whatever they want to call it, Baby CrossFit, Jesus, Baby the Man, I don't know, was already chilling in mommy's belly as she was defending the Raw Women's Championship against Shayna Baszler. So I guess you could say baby Lynch was already in the ring for the very first time. And I said that, of course, on my Instagram last night. I sent out my uh, congratulations on behalf of Wrestle Addict Radio. And I'm sure 
um, the rest of the squad already sent out their congratulations as well. But again, on behalf of myself, my doge, um, of the YLP podcast, we do wish uh, Becky Lynch and uh, Seth Rollins a very, very safe pregnancy. Kind of bummed out that it wasn't a January baby as a January baby myself. Um, but, you know, there's nothing. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, hoping for a boy. Hope for a boy. But I will tell you this. That baby is going to be one of the most athletic babies ever. For real, for real. And I hope it has an accent. <laughs> Just for the hell of it. But I, that baby is going has some very athletic parents. Both are, if I remember correctly, they are CrossFitters. 100%. Um, so that is going to be a very athletic baby. Um, and I also put out the meme that uh, with Ronda Rousey, who's also trying to conceive as well with her husband, Travis Brown. Um, and as far as we know, as of right now, she is still not pregnant. So uh, in that aspect, Becky Lynch even beat her in that as well. We'll also be talking about some, we're going to talk about some raw numbers in just a second as well. And do, 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 do. Wait, is it on this tab? Let me see. I think it's on this tab. Yeah, it's on this tab. Um, before we get into the raw ratings, um, there was a little bit of news from one Stephanie McMahon who sent her well wishes to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. WWE Chief Brand Officer. This is also from Mark Middleton as well. WWE Chief Brand Officer Stephanie McMahon took to Twitter this afternoon to praise Becky Lynch and congratulate her on her pregnancy. Stephanie said she's so excited for Lynch and Seth Rollins who are expecting their first child together in December. She wished them love, happiness, and good health in their new chapter. Quote, Congratulations, Becky Lynch, WWE, a professional athlete and actress at the top of her game, playing by her own rules. I'm so excited for you and WWE Rollins. Wishing you lots of love, happiness, and good health as you enter this new chapter into your lives with a red heart emoji, she wrote. For those who missed it earlier, of course, you can uh, check out Triple H's uh, congratulatory tweet. We won't get into that because we got other things to worry about. But, of course, even Stephanie McMahon Sending her regards. I'm sure Triple H had a damn good one as well. But with that, actually, surprisingly, Raw viewership saw a big jump with Becky Lynch announcement and the Money in the Bank fallout. Also from Mark Middleton, Middleton three for three on the day. So, so Monday's post Money in the Bank edition of WWE Raw featuring fallout from Sunday's pay per view plus buzz surrounding Becky Lynch ahead of her pregnancy announcement drew an average of 1.919 million viewers on the USA Network, according to Show Buzz Daily. This is still under 2 million viewers, but up 13.8% from last week's 1.686 million viewers, which was the new lowest raw viewership in history. Christmas Eve 2018 drew the previous record low with 1.775 million. For this week's show, the first hour drew 1.993 million viewers, Last week's hour one was 1.807 million. The second hour drew a 1.961 million viewers, with the last week's hour one drawing 1.691 million. Final hour drew a 1.802, and last week's hour had a 1.56. Jesus Christ. It was actually the most watched episode since the post-WrestleMania edition on April 6th. All three hours were up from up this week. Last week's show drew the second lowest, second lowest hour one viewership in history and the second lowest hour two and three in viewership in show history. Raw was number 20 for the night. 
in viewership on cable behind Hannity, Tucker Carlson tonight, The Five, Special Report, The Ingraham Angle, The Story, Rachel Maddow Show, Last Word, Fox News at Night, Bill Hemmer Report, Situation Room, Your World, Celebrity IOU, Outnumbered, Outnumbered Overtime, America's Newsroom, America's Newsroom 2, Daily Briefing, and Cuomo Primetime, pretty much Fox News, MSNBC, and CNN. WWE ranked number one for the night on the cable top 150 with an average 18 to 49 demographic rating of point. Five seven, Hannity topped the night on cable and viewership with 4.536 million viewers, ranking number 12th on the top 150 with a 0.33 rating in the key demo. The Bachelor on ABC drew 2.84 million viewers on broadcast TV in the 8 p.m. hour, while The Price is Right, really, drew 5.993 million viewers on CBS. And where the fuck was I for that? Hmm? The Voice drew 7.288 million viewers on NBC, and 911 drew 7.285 million viewers on Fox, and CW's Whose Line Is It Anyway, not, not the cool version, the, the boring version, drew 1.049 million viewers, all in the 8 p.m. hour on broadcast TV. So, so basically, the anticipation for... Becky Lynch's announcement helped their bump up 13.8% from last week, which is good because they broke their all-time record again one week ago. And this kind of does help the cause. Um, from what I had heard after I, I did watch the first 20 minutes of the show. And then I was like, well, um, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I told you I don't watch Raw like that. So any big announcement I'll watch, but as far as it goes, Raw can kiss my ass. But Yes, even with Becky Lynch's announcement, it did get a bit of a bump. Now, will that carry over? Probably not, because of the simple fact that Becky Lynch is now gone, uh, and she's going to be gone until at least for a while. So we may not even see her until sometime in 2021. Um, maybe. We don't know. I mean, it's motherhood. Becky Lynch is going to be a mommy. Um, we probably won't know until maybe sometime in the summer what the ba- the gender is going to be. Um, of course, as a male, I'm pushing for a boy because uh, CrossFit Jesus needs boy. And of course, he will be the new man. And because, uh, of course, now the man is now the mom. Uh, of course, now we got to have the new man in the group. So hoping for a boy. But of course, um, if it's a girl, no hate any way, shape or form. But um, again, congratulations are in order to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, who I know are engaged to be married. Um which is a so it be like that sometimes when when two people really really love each other and you already know the <laughs> you already know the rest. But at least Raw got a good bump out of it. I don't think it will carry over into next week and the weeks to come. But at least for one night, they got close to get back to two million. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude today's episode two oh four of the YLP podcast, talking about last week. This week, and of course, as always, in proper YLP fashion, we'll close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 205 of the YLP podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome. 
guys, that's going to be it for episode 204 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking this episode of the podcast. As always, I greatly appreciate it. If you have any comments, thoughts, opinions, or if you just want to shoot the shit, say anything you want to, do not hesitate to leave us a voice message. Anchor.fm slash WrestleAddictRadio. If you're going to leave anything from me, please do put YLP in the title, along with whatever topic you're talking about. And if I like it enough, I'll have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the YLP podcast. Also, if you are looking to be part of more exclusivity in your life, and who doesn't want to feel like they're, you know, more exclusive about something, consider joining our Patreon. Become a patron. Patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. Exclusive group, group chat. You will also get, uh, of course, you get to talk to myself, uh, all the other members of the WrestleAddictRadio family. Of course, uh, King Ricky Rose, Kate, and Will from the Kings of the Rings podcast, Nate and Fretz from the Game Changer podcast, and of course, the host of the Delight Show, Matt Chappelle himself. You you can talk over there. We talk about wrestling, life things, all that other stuff. We celebrate, you know, good times and all that fun stuff. Also, you can check out all exclusive episodes from shows you will not be able to hear on regular Wrestle Addict Radio programming, like shows like the Love and War podcast with King Ricky Rose and the Kate Murphy, and also my show, The Secret Files, which I will be working on. I'm definitely gonna be working. I'm definitely working on something for this month. I have something in the plans, but I want to make sure I get every. I got some other things to take care of before we get to that because I want to make sure my full focus is on the secret files. Um, Francis Faye Five is also a part of the uh, Patreon. John, you can find over there. He just did recently did his five uh, Faye Five top uh, M, uh, Money in the Bank cash ins, according to him. Again, you get to find all of that, and of course, becoming a patron. Get you, of course, exclusive discounts. Yes, given the fact that every single member of the War Familia has their own merch store as well as the original War Collection. Yes, you get exclusive discount at checkout. Um, I cannot tell you how. I'm not going to tell you how much you get at uh, checkout in terms of your discount. But yes, if you become a patron. You can go on our merch stores, get whatever you want, get some stuff from the YLP collection, get some stuff from the YLP collection. It's fire. I'll talk about that in a second. But yes, you do get an exclusive discount every single time you buy merch at checkout. Um, It is fantastic. Uh, Something definitely a a hell of an incentive, Um, especially if you're going to be representing us, you know, with our apparel. We appreciate your love and support as always. But hey, if you want to go the extra mile, and get a little bit more exclusivity in your life, consider becoming a patron, patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. Of course, all of the merch, that means your boy, yours truly, has his own merch store. Yes, I have my own merch store over on teespring.com slash the dash YLP, all lowercase, dash collection. I have clothing for men, women, and of course, we here at the YLP Podcast, we love the cheerings, so I got stuff for the kitties as well. Of course, for the fellas, uh, t-shirts, 
tank tops. Sock game got to be on point. We got socks too. All right. Ladies, boyfriend tees. Um, I got, you know, crew necks, of, of course, hoodies for the fellas and the ladies. And of course, I know y'all, some of y'all are trying to get that summer body right. And I would love for y'all to represent the YLP podcast in proper fashion and get you some leggings. Not for my own amazing, not for my own amusement, but trust me, it is very good stuff. I curated this entire uh collection specifically to kind of like my lifestyle. You know, I like to work out, I like to, you know, enjoy life, you know, to the best of my ability. And I would love for y'all to spend, of course, um, Sun's Out, Guns Out season looking clean in the gym and outside of it. Um, of course, the kids, I got kids and I got toddlers and baby um t-shirts, you know. For my like my niece and nephew, ain't nothing wrong. Repping, you know, get your kids in some YLP merch. And of course, we have accessories as well. Tapestries, die cut stickers, coffee mugs. Because I know most of y'all love y'all caffeine in the morning. And what better way to represent the war family than getting you some YLP coffee mugs? It's a beautiful thing, and I love it. Nothing wrong with that. Of course, again, teespring.com slash the dash YLP all lowercase collection. Get yourself some merch today. And of course, if you become a patron, you get an exclusive discount on the YLP merch as well. Beautiful things. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Young Lions perspective. Share this episode across all your social media, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters. Y'all already know the deal because in these unprecedented times, the YLP universe and the War Nation come together to not only be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast, but to be the alternative for professional wrestling podcasts and that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all do not have the Anchor app, and that's understandable. Everybody has their own particular streaming apps that they use for their podcasting pleasures. But if you think we are just an Anchor squadron, sir or ma'am, you are out of your damn mind. You can find... Not only the YLP podcast, but is but also the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and of course the the Delight Show with Matt Chappelle. What a fucking great name that is! Love saying it every single time. You can find all of our podcasts across several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Player FM. CastBox FM, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the YLP Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast, and the Delight Show with Matt Chappelle across all these different platforms, and you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast, when I'm going to be um, live tweeting, when I'm going to be doing... Uh, putting out a meme when i'm gonna be doing putting out updates for shows all that good stuff check me out on my socials follow me over on my twitter at suede senator war that's s-u-e-d-e-s-e-n-a-t-o-r capital w capital a capital r i do live tweeting for aew dynamite which i will be doing tomorrow night possibly i'll keep you guys informed um i do have may have a prior engagement that do i have to uh i must attend to prior to so we'll see what happens with all of that um i also do live tweeting for smackdown live every friday every wwe live pay-per-view 
every WW, uh, every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special, every AEW live pay-per-view, and I will be doing uh, live tweeting for AEW Double or Nothing next Saturday night to kick off Memorial Day weekend, in which we are still in fucking quarantine because Governor Murphy's a dumbass. But that is neither here nor there. And also, once we get back into the swing of things with New Japan, I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to go over into the Instagram realm and follow me over there, I am followable at young underscore lions underscore perspective memes, 60 second thought videos, updates on when I'm doing shows, if I'm doing the good, the bad, and the ugly, or if I'm doing news of the weekend, I break down all, for the most part, what I'm going to be talking about so you get an idea of what you're going to be getting into for that Monday's particular show. All that good stuff, and we are over a 1,000 followers, and I would like to keep that up and get on the road to 2K, because there ain't nothing wrong with adding another 1,000 on top of a 1,000. That's just a band on top of a band. It's a beautiful thing. But yeah, follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. So, this Friday night, y'all know what it is. Y'all know what it is, and if you don't know, you're about to know. Episode 205 will be going down Friday night, and we will be lighting the fuse and talking about tomorrow night's episode of AEW Dynamite. Should be a good episode, and y'all know it's one of my favorite ways to kick off the weekend in proper YLP fashion. Get your weekend started off right by listening to episode 205 of the YLP Podcast. So, guys, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday evening. Enjoy your Wednesday. Enjoy your Thursday. And I'll see you guys right back here this Friday night for episode 205 of the YLP Podcast. See you!